this episode has been recorded on Treaty 4 and Treaty 6 territory. You know, sometimes you kind of got to get a little... Amanda with two M's. Oh, God, I love this woman. Amanda is an actor, dancer from Regina, Saskatchewan. She received her BA in Media Art and Performance from the University of Regina in the spring of 2018. She has recently been in the ensemble of Sterling Productions musicals such as Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Catch Me If You Can, and the SpongeBob musical. Amanda has been involved with Listen to This organization and its professional company, The Other Ordinary, for seven years, where she helps devise and act act in original works like Seatbelt, Mind to Have, and Neither Heroes Nor Ordinary People. The latter two would later be recorded as radio plays. Amanda would like to thank family and friends for their endless love and support. She checks speaking on a podcast off her bucket list and gives special thanks to Tash and Maria for the opportunity to speak on the Mixed Crips. Welcome, Amanda. We are so excited. Yes. So excited. We are now bringing to you from Regina... All the way from Regina, Amanda Zolinski. Hello, hello. <laughs> AKA musical guru. In other words, she's just incredible with music <laughs> and voice. I'm and flattered. a person. And a person. Just a person. She's a person too. So Amanda is an artist and a professional who lives in Regina. And um, you have been practicing theater and music for how long again Amanda for as long as I can remember really yeah all stemming back to the time that we had to do theater mandatorily well as a compulsory thing I think <laughs> uh well I enjoyed doing the Christmas concerts when everyone else was just like uh we have to do this but when it became an optional thing I still stuck around and even just did did that as a degree so I want to say it's been more than 15 years. Wow. And so how long do you think you've been doing it professionally? Professionally, I think I've been doing it since 2016. Because I do remember that was like one of the first times I got paid gigs. <laughs> <laughs> so Amanda, we are, you are someone who has um, experience with invisible disability. Is I that am. correct? Yes, I am. Can you give us a little background or kind of 411 about your lived experience? I can, yeah. Well, I am I am autistic and artistic. Some people think I mispronounce that, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I've had my struggles with it. But yeah, in a way, being autistic, it just feels like I'm not only an actor professionally, but an actor in real life chameleon or masking you know and what was it like growing up with an invisible disability uh well with that well thank thanks to theater a whole lot of it as well as early intervention it's definitely helped me with more people skills and actually getting to communicate in a way that really fits for me and there are still sometimes like when communication just seems to 
run away from me. So one can understand that does get frustrating. And growing up, I、uh, had like a handful of friends, but、uh, moving to the city, that's definitely increased tenfold. So that's always amazing when you find like-minded people of all kinds and just build the community like that. So thank you for having me on board with all of it. <laughs> with my lived experience growing up back there, there's always been struggles. I've Always been put in the general math classes. The logic classes seem to just be out of reach. Like when people tell me use common sense, it's just like I've been trying.、Uh, yeah. To put long story short, like I'm definitely more right-brained than left-brained. So the artsy stuff were definitely the higher marks on my report cards rather than the sciences and maths.、Uh-huh. So in a way, I really felt like I had to.、Uh, Find my place in the hierarchy, but when I found theater as that part of my therapy, that definitely really helped me in the long run. So, would you say theater is like an outlet for you? I would. Theater's more thrifty than therapy. I always say. Bigger bang for your buck. That is true. <laughs> Indeed, very true. Here, here's my added question here, and you kind of glazed over it. Uh, like you and Tash, like your first meeting. So Tash, you kind of like gave a little bit of it, your interpret, like your point of view on it, and and I would like to hear you guys talk about that. Yeah. So <laughs> I find、um, my first meeting with Amanda. Generally, I can't say that I like remember the exact moment and date. Like Amanda, um, <laughs> um, again, um, but I just remember, you know, being super in a weird place. I am a, you know, wheelchair user, visible disability, and、um, in the theater department. So sometimes, you know, other theater students or other people in the department, it's kind of like a, oh, you know, it's kind of like oh, you know, she's here just to audit the class or. Or you know, kind of,、um, who knows what kind, what they're thinking, or what I'm thinking they are thinking,、um, from my own, you know, self-conscious ideals,、um, whatnot. But then there was Amanda, who's who was just like this beautiful, friendly creature, who <laughs> like just saw me as a human, talked to me like a person, and like just had no. Judgmental energy whatsoever. You were all like just the easiest person to talk to, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out why. You know, and, <laughs> and it just you know we just like grew、um, through I guess either common classes or or like being in shows together and being in the theater lounge together、um, and got to know each other more and more. And you know, I learned because you're so open and honest about、um, being on the spectrum. I'm just like, is does this have something to do with like how comfortable I am with you? Because you also understand disability in your own way. Does that you know? It's curious to me. Is that what can link us? Is disability this weird positive? You know, connection that we have, commonality. You know, in, in to put disability in like some kind of actual positive light 
in that way, right? You know, uh, um, yeah, I don't know, it interests me because to be honest, like then throughout my um, like academic journey at the university, Amanda was always somebody that I could, you know, count on and feel comfortable with, you know, if I needed someone to hold the door for me or help me in the elevator or, you know, do something like I could always know that I felt comfortable with my friend Amanda rather than these other um, peers or are you kids. Point, you're pointing at me. Why are you pointing at me right now? Because you're another person in the, in the uh, This is ableism over here. No, I'm just kidding. Why are you pointing at me? I don't know. Me? I don't know, Amanda. Like, I don't know if you have any thoughts or remember um, any of this, but that was definitely like my experience with our early history together. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And yeah, I would definitely have to agree uh, with our well different but still common lived experiences in regards to disability i definitely say that's a definitely a way to connect in that way and i mean i always definitely want to treat others the same way that i'd like to be treated because let's face it sometimes things and sometimes people can be really shitty it doesn't cost anything to be a friend as cliche as that sounds or or was it just just a thing where you're just like of course i'm gonna hold the door or you know or include somebody because that's what you do is include somebody regardless of you know whatever there is to to be right like that's that's basically what I think we're like hoping to do even with this podcast is to be able to like go through the steps and say like you know just because you have either a visible or an invisible disability sometimes they they can connect you weren't visibly disabled but maybe because of your disability you were able to you were just open open. and like comfortable around me yeah it wasn't like weird you didn't you don't ever seem like it's even a thought Mm -hmm. for you that that it could be weird or unusual to be around someone with a visible disability or any disability Mm -hmm. but well, definitely upon the first time meeting you, I definitely saw your disability, but what I also saw was, <laughs> I mean, I mean, how can we not? Or not do. Well, of course, but definitely like a, just your friendly demeanor was what I first noticed and just like, wow, this is an awesome person and I really hope we get to do classes together and little would I know that you'd be reaching out to me just like, uh, hey, you should audition for our company. It's just like, Really? And yeah. yeah, for maybe even like many years ago, I thought if there was some way to incorporate disability education with theater, can we make it work? Lo and behold, mm-hmm. look at us like over seven years later. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, when we first met, I believe that was March at least. March of 2015? Bringing up dates makes me think... Of your heightened senses and like your extreme talents when it comes to, I mean, perfect pitch and your memory is incredible. (laughs) Um, I really appreciate that. What, what's your experience with, um, like those heightened senses and, and how, you've discovered them for yourself and what it's what it's like to have these heightened senses i guess 
Well, Perfect Pitch definitely has been both a blessing and a curse. Because uh, <laughs> when I notice that something is flat or sharp, it's just like, I am going to call it out. And I'm sorry if that sounds blunt. I remember one time in university choir, I think there was about 60 or 70 of us. But one of the songs is acapella. And we all started on the same note. Pretty good. And then one person beside me goes flat. And then like five more go flat. And then like 10 more. And then soon enough, like everyone is singing a, a semitone lower. And I'm still trying to keep on the correct pitch. But yeah, only that it makes it look like that I'm singing off pitch. And that really sucked. It's just like, okay, fine. I'll accept defeat and go down to everyone else's level. <laughs> I mean, whenever things like that happen, I'm always told, Manda, no one will be, no one will know that that happened. And of course, there's me just like, well, I do. Yeah, I You know. matter too. Your feelings matter too. Well, thank you. And Manda, when did you first notice that you had perfect pitch and that you're, that you had these abilities? <laughs> I kind of want to... Because they really are like superhero abilities to me. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that too. Almost like the... I feel like I'm a mediocre Marvel character. Yeah. If Perfect Pitch could be in the Marvel Studios, Marvel Comics universe. To try to put the best date on it possible, one thing that first comes to my mind was uh, like watching ABBA music videos on VHS. I'm dating myself just saying that already. But I remember... You're the baby of this situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of. 100%. Sometimes I feel like I ingrained that into myself because I found out how to play, like, the beginning part of Mamma Mia on the piano, going like... I'm not playing... I'm not singing the correct notes right now, but I'm just doodling along. And in a way, my brain kind of remembered what sound each each note made and then applying that to sounds outside or even like the buzzing of fluorescent lights in your classroom some people can like tune that out but for me it just amplifies in a way it kind of sounds like uh dolores from encanto if anyone's seen that i have not seen that but i'm not a musical theater person yeah, I haven't seen it either, but I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely a good one. I recommend that. Uh, but yeah, I can't count how many times that I've uh, sat in the classrooms for classes that I could have done better at. But all I can, I can't even hear the teacher's voice. All I'm hearing is like the buzz that those lights in the classroom give off. Mm. May, I think that's a neurodivergent thing. I don't know, like people that I uh, converse with on like certain Facebook groups seem to say the same thing. Well, and even like the word neurodivergent, would you would you say it was? What's up? That, that was word? it. It was neurodivergent. Would and what is what is that? What is that? How is that explained? Well, that would definitely apply to those who appear to have invisible dif invisible disabilities, like someone who uh. just has. A different way of thinking compared to the typical, like neurotypical. Sorry, funny story. Well, kind of sad now that I think about it, but I don't know. It's something to laugh about now. So uh, I like laughing. 
Yeah. Well, back in the day, uh, before I moved schools, I was the only girl in my grade. And I didn't have that many friends because not many people would have given me the time of day. But I found fun in other ways. Sometimes if no one wanted to play with me, I'd just sit under the tree at recess time and then just like picture my brain as like a projector screen. And then just like, let's watch The Lion King in my head. And then just like picture that sunrise, the the Zulu chorus, just like going through line by line. <laughs> wow. I did that with with the movie Now and Then. I really liked the movie and I only watched it in theaters. And I was like, I got to remember all of this. <laughs> like played it. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. Go, Go ahead. But yeah, definitely, uh, definitely I had my own way of uh, passing the time in recesses and making my own fun. I wish I could replay The Lion King word for word <laughs> in my brain <laughs> like that. And I, uh, you know, I wish as an actor I had the recall of script like Amanda does. Like, I, I am. love being in the same cast as Amanda because I could just look at her <laughs> and be like, what's our next line? You know? Um, yeah, <laughs> you're such a... That's such an amazing tool to have around. Going back to like being around other peers or people that don't identify with disability, um, like, do you notice how they react towards either when they first maybe learn that you're you identify with disability or that you're on the spectrum, or even that you're like observing how they might interact with someone like myself with a visible disability? Do you like what has your experience been or can you think of any like observations in that way? Well, definitely there have been different observations regardless of who I'm who I'm talking to in that regard. Most people have been very understanding and just ask me, what does that mean to you? Are you uh <laughs> like are you good with changes? Uh how do lights treat you? And there's me just like that's exactly it. Thank you so much for that. Because I've, I've had different conversations here and there. Someone once asked me like, oh, like Rain Man? It's just like autism is more than just the common Rain Man, Sheldon Cooper stereotype. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big Bang Theory never specifies that Sheldon is autistic. They just say he's Sheldon. And yeah, that I, yeah. I respected that. I found that to be good. Oh, yeah. And before I forget, uh, there have been a couple of people like, I guess this happened like with kids at the new school that asked me, when do you grow out of this autism? It's just like, wow, like it's not a sweater. <laughs> yeah. I can't just take that off. Mm -hmm. I think that's what people like is a huge common misconception. Mm -hmm. um, and what like so many people are just not educated at all about what the autism spectrum is um i mean even just like disability in a sense is a has a huge spectrum mm -hmm. and you know indeed autism is only like one example but it is so broad um and it's and then the like the medical system just puts it in a box um right and that people judge you know so easily like when people hear autism their like first response is i'm sorry 
Yeah. But, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or even, or even the idea that like, like you said, that like you can grow out of it. Something caused it. Like mm-hmm. did like there was that time where it was like vaccinations or whatever it would be. Yeah. Right? And I remember also talking to you about certain people in the public eye that had a platform that were going with these certain things. And then, and then now you sit with that assumption when you let people know that you're on the spectrum as far as like why, how you acquired autism Mm. um, as if it's something to be, you know, patted on the head with, or like you, you know, like, or did your parents do Mm -hmm. something wrong or did they, whatever it might be. I remember with you, like you, you say it off the cuff a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel, it feels like you also have like some feelings, even as far as like, you know, like when you have a platform or the media world, right. And like what, what certain people have a responsibility to, show it accurately if they're going to show it on the platform that they choose to show it on they have a responsibility and you have that you have that reaction are you comfortable talking about the reaction you have to that well yeah that's definitely the thing like a lot of people just think there's one common stereotype of autism and it's just like well I hate to tell you but it doesn't just have one look I'm definitely happy that there are good media representations out there and that those who don't identify as neurodivergent some actors do their research which i find quite awesome right but of course there are some that just yeah. don't meet that mark not looking at anyone in particular <clears throat> see ya <laughs> sorry it just no, that's okay. right now sorry i still love I her music i don't want to say any names no, but no, I know, I know that like when that happened, because that does fall back on you. If that's what people know of autism or if that's what people know of the spectrum. And then you tell people that, you know, this is what's going on, then it's, it's a thing, right? And like the idea of the representation out there being what it is or what it isn't, you know? Well, you guys. Of course. yeah, that's yeah. when what I mean by like saying that the medical just identifies things as putting it in a box. So like any anything like like autism or like ADHD, spinal cord injuries, they they categorize it. They try to give you some kind of a textbook checklist mm-hmm. and say like, you know, because people are trying to study these things. So I get it. But you can't you can't put our differences in a box because they're so vast. You cannot like categorize it because not every person is different. Every injury is different. Every disability is different. It's just, so it's, it's like, I think that that is where the faults lie and the judgments begin. And that brings me to what I want to ask also, Amanda is like, have you had experiences or do you have any examples of experiences that you've like really blatantly just felt openly judged? Well, I guess it just dates back to the whole thing about like, well, kids can be jerks. I can say that much. (laughs) I, uh, I I remember back in the day when I was just new to a school in grade six, I found out that 
no one really wanted to talk to me or even get near me because I had ADHD and it is contagious. And it's just like um, wrong wow. and wrong. They, and they wish. Am I right? Yeah. They wish it was contagious. Let me tell you what. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all water under the bridge right now. But I, I was just in grade six. I, yeah. I, needed, I wanted friends. Where was everybody? Yeah. 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 Well, and, and because like even developmentally as a child, like Mm -hmm. community and belonging and socialization and like all of that stuff is so important to like everything really. Like it's like, like there's so there's introverts and extroverts obviously. And like probably other personality traits, but like to be able to recognize that like, like bullying is what we'll call it sure yeah and like those things are so toxic to developing children and it doesn't need to happen especially like in those moments because it can only feed can you think of any instances in your adult life Hmm. well every now and then it just makes me think like do do the people i'm talking to like me or am i just being tolerated like that, that thought sometimes creeps in, in regards to like all the theater projects, like outside listen to this. But it's just amazing how like we still have a way to go in regards to acceptance, in regards to accessibility. Mm-hmm. But I'm just glad that we're farther along now than when we were back then. Sure, yeah, that's for so sure. beautiful. That that was such a beautiful statement. Thank you. Well, just to. Because every generation to, I think we were talking about this with you, were we talking about this with you just now, but like every generation like doesn't have a responsibility, but to be able to like leave an impact or leave a, you know what I'm saying? What is this? Yeah. Leave a um, imprint, a footprint on the world or the generation below or something like this, where it's like, if you live life to a degree with that in mind, it's like, why wouldn't you be nice? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you be inclusive? Why wouldn't you talk to that person? Like, why wouldn't you hold the door? Why wouldn't you do these things rather than making an active effort to not do it? Is your partner all on the spectrum as well? Well, uh, there are speculations that he could very well be neurodivergent. So I'm definitely looking into matters to see like, where we can start in regards to like do assessment because mm-hmm. I mean where I lucked out was that uh my mom got me like the like I think it was like a behavior analysis in regards to like a pediatrician I I should probably ask my mom about that but I had a diagnosis when I was almost three years old that was mm-hmm. March of 1998 so the fact that I got diagnosed early I got help earlier Mm-hmm. And having one-on-one support like that really helped me with the development. And definitely there are people that get diagnosed later in life, even some in their 70s, mm-hmm. like Susan Boyle and I think yeah. Sir Anthony sure, Hopkins. Yeah. Those are ones that were later diagnosed. And those two are phenomenal. Right. But yeah, the way that, the way that my partner is particular about things, I thought perhaps... Perhaps are you a member of my team? <laughs> <laughs> he should be so lucky. Yeah. 
Well, Amanda. Yeah. Um, we're coming up to the let me to the end here. Okay. But um, no, oh, not the end of us. Of but course. Just the end of this experience. And so. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that you think that you would like to add or could add on any of these topics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed the kaleidoscope that there is to my brain. That's kaleidoscope. No, it's great. No, it's... It is. <laughs> okay, you just said kaleidoscope. Yeah. That your brain is like a kaleidoscope. Yeah. Explain that. Well, definitely there are a lot of sides to the way that I that I just see the world in. And the way that people view me can be definitely different. Some people mm-hmm, see... Yeah. The singer portion of me, some people see, like, well, not many people, like, my partner has seen multiple sides of me in regards to, like, when I get overwhelmed. More recently, I found out that I freeze or shut down. I'm more of a shut down before I freeze. Mm-hmm. I'm So I'm kind of turning this into a therapy session. Uh, no, you're good. There have also been times that I would flee the situation. I, I'm also a stimmer and a rocker. So there's me just like, oh, no, I messed up. I messed up. But back there as well, it was just amazing how anyone in theater can be so inclusive. And I thought that I was going to get judged for my reactions, for my sensory overloads, my meltdowns. I'm just so glad that I've come across so many people that are so accepting of it. Yeah. Well, and that's art, though, for what it should be. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm actually surprised that you just said that theater people can be so inclusive because in in uh I feel like in a lot of experiences they're not. Yes, that's um, true. You know, with having yeah. like such a strict schedule and, you know, um go 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 for such a short amount of time, you know, like rehearsal slots are so um um tight basically. And that doesn't really allow for a lot of wiggle room. And you can get, you know, some directors and and all that cast members who don't understand that, like, I have to go pee now. I cannot wait until the break. All right. You know, like, as an example. (laughs) Not that I actually have to go pee. (laughs) No, but I kind of do. I was going to say, do you have to? But I know. Baby, come down. Like, kick kick in the bladder. He's kicking the bladder right now. I have to go. I have to go. Yeah. Well, to I mean, yeah, to slightly rescind what I said, maybe like I'm just thinking inclusive in the way of like uh like the neurodivergent part. In regards to accessibility, like I said before, we've still got ways to go. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you feel about that then? I hope that some of what I said will be of use to you. Oh, sounds, heck yes. It sounds like we we did it and we did it all together and this was the first one and we could not have appreciated it more or wanted mm-hmm. it with a, a better one than you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, that was awesome. I love her. I love her. She's adorable. She's great stuff. Awesome. Uh, so. What are you doing over there? Yeah. If, if you're not doing anything now, if you're done listening to us, maybe, if you haven't already, you can listen to us some more on yeah. our socials. Follow us. 
on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Mixed Crips. It's all the same, all across the board. Keeping it nice, keeping it tight, keeping it in a little tiny bow. And uh, along with our email, or you can email us at themixedcrips at gmail.com. That's right. That's right. Um, And please, please, please. Keep Keep rowing forward, forward, one one nerd at a time. time.